Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. Have you ever wanted to see a movie where two short white dudes with dope mustaches hang out in an apartment for about an hour and 30 minutes and an action scene happens? Well, do we have a movie for you? Yes, we are honoring Richard Dreyfus in the 1987 action buddy cop comedy Stakeout, starring Emilio Estevez, the dad from The Wonder Years, and a young Forrest Whitaker. He's so young here that in the credits, he's Small Garden Whitaker. I'm sorry. So, well, enough wasting time. Let's grab the nearest soapbox we can find because we are five foot five inches and in love with a damn six foot woman. Let's punch a ginger straight in the mouth because let's face it, they're going to do something bad. So let's minority report their ass right away. And let's eat a sloppy sunny side up egg sandwich with bacon and cheese because we are cops in the 80s, motherfucker. And we don't give a damn, 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 damn. Now play that shit theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcast, you know, we're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Now the game, the legendary, hairy upper lips, it's the Mustachio Podcast, you What is up? I am your host of the Mustachio Podcast, the old Daniel Segura. And today I welcome a first-timer to the show. He's got a great voice, a very intelligent man. I met him on another podcast I was guesting on. We both served on a panel. His name is Earl F. Clark II. Ooh, doesn't that sound special? And he is the host of Edited for Content Podcast, the Edited for Content Podcast. Welcome to the show, Earl. How's it going, man? I'm doing great, man. I, uh, I, I'm humbled. Um, I, you know, my first time here, you were, you brought me in gentle, but then you, man, you brought it hard, and I like that about you. <laughs> yeah, bring it hard, bro. Yeah, you start off soft, and then you're like, yeah, fuck it, it's his first time. He's, he's getting it all right now. <laughs> Love yeah, it. you know, it's it's like a switch. It just flips and <laughs> just ready to fucking go, dude. You're like, I'm not calling him back. Fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> And we bounced around. I'm glad we finally made this happen. My, I think my fucking life is just in shambles. So, but finally we made it work. Uh, you had to download Chrome. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We started this off real good. We were supposed to start quite a while ago, and I had to, you know, pull up, dust off a computer and, re- re- you know, get Chrome to work. And Google wanted everything but my size and girth and everything else. So, but we got it on. We're good. You say girth? Oh yeah, we wanted everything. A little DNA. They're like, nope, sorry, two-step verification, and we don't believe you. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about this this uh, Edited for Content podcast. What's the inspiration behind that? So I, you know, during the pandemic, just like everybody else, I got lonely and wanted to talk to people. No, um, I, <laughs> you know, I just, I really wanted to get to know people, and I wanted to actually kind of get into topics that I had no knowledge of, but I had tons of questions. Um, I talked to numerologists, I talked to massage therapists, I talked to sports fanatics, I talked to all sorts of people, belly dancers. And the thing that I found as I was doing this show, the more episodes I started doing was people have some amazing stories of how they got into what they're into. And that's just kind of the passion of the show, man. And you and I, you know, um, uh, we were on a panel with another um, podcaster that I met that way. And it's just been great, and it just keeps going. And um, for me, it's just an opportunity to talk to some really amazing people like you. 
and um, <laughs> it's been great. And it just that that was the whole thing of it. And and for some reason, and you even said it in your opening, and you got me to kind of giggle a little bit because apparently I have a voice for radio, and I didn't know that. And everybody, I'm like, man, you got a great voice. You got a great voice. I'm like, well, looking like this, yeah, radio's where it's at. <laughs> Yeah, I always say I'm a little too pretty for this, but you know what? Eventually, I'll get to YouTube, and uh, I'm, I'm working out. You know, trying to get back into shape. We'll see what happens. But and I will verify for your listeners. Like I, I remember the picture that you had. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. If Miami Vice was filmed in Mexico, this is your guy. This is your guy. I'm telling you right now. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> Don Johnson. Don Juan. Isn't it Juan Johnson? Juan Johnson. <laughs> yeah, dude. I you know you do a great job of like I think I I heard um about I heard a good chunk of the I think you had a podcast about polygamy, right? I think oh, it was like uh, about polygamy or it, or it was the poly poly am and poly amorous yeah and I like how inquis like you're very inquisitive you you don't you don't bring any like you're very neutral about it you're just kind of soaking it in and asking questions it's good shit dude I like it a lot well thank you so if y'all want to learn a little something and not feel judged and not feel like oh you know you should know more go ahead and listen to this show listen to this man's show and learn a little something you know i that's what i like about it you can kind of and even stuff maybe you feel like you might know about you can at least hear a personal perspective from it as well which is really dope so well and i appreciate that and i and you know it, it's all about respecting like i said i i don't have any you know i bring everybody on i had i've had transgender i've had the poly i've had um tons of people um i had a romance sci-fi author on it was awesome. Oh shit! Oh That's yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was. You know the best part about that one? Yeah. She looks like Ripley from oh, Alien. Oh, Ripley. Yeah. I'm telling you. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm just telling. Yeah. So it's been great, but I really appreciate that, man. I love the. Lo- I feel the love, and absolutely, and and come on by and have a listen. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't mind uh, guesting, and I also like if you ever want to really just have a goofball episode, I could come on as a character. And um, I, I do play this one character every now and then because I, I don't consider myself an imp- improv comedian, but I do like to, you know, dip my toe in it. And I like to play this character named Wilford Willabaker. And uh, <laughs> he's a he's a monster hunter from oh, the East on. Texas. And uh... <laughs> OK, so no, no, it's official. You've just locked yourself in. I'm going to interview a monster hunter from East Texas. <laughs> Oh, you are so yeah. You're locked in, dude. If I'd have known that, I would have done that episode for Halloween. I know that would have been so good. Oh, now I'm pissed because <laughs> that would have been the best episode for Halloween. We could have done like an Orson Welles thing where people were like, "No, is this real? <laughs> is this guy no, real? is this like is this a real thing? Oh man, we blew yeah. it. I know. I'm sorry, man. Dude. October was insane. I don't know about you, but October went by insanely fast for me. I was oh, like, for what real? The fuck. I know. Yeah, it's just so much going on. It's such a you know, it's a good time of year. I, I it sucks that it's over, but you know what? We got to move on to stupid Turkey Day and uh, <laughs> and go from there. So what are you gonna do? I think I, I think that the slaughtering of turkeys is a mercy killing because they just look dumb. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, they got those... they got to got they got to die. Like they just look <laughs> like they look at you like, please kill me. 
Oh, so do you think when they go, it's actually like their language for kill me? It is a plea. It is a mercy plea. (laughs) Take me out of my misery. Like, you know, look at, and they're looking right to left. They got that thing hanging down under their neck. They're like, this is cancerous. Why aren't you killing me? Yeah. I think they've just been, there's so many, like, I bet you like the first few turkeys were actually pretty intelligent, but we've made so many. Now they're just kind of like, I don't don't know if you ever see that movie, Multiplicity. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh. That's a reach. I don't know if anyone has seen that Michael Keaton movie. But, oh, my God. Uh, so basically when you get down to like the third or fourth one, it's like, oh, yeah, we probably should have stopped. Yeah, they start getting real freaking spaced out. Yeah, oh, for real. Yeah, no, no, I get it. So the first – so what you're basically saying is that turkeys are inbred and now they're dumb. Yes, yes. Ah, yes. I can relate. I can yeah. Relate. It's probably fake news, but let's go ahead and spread it out there, guys, and see <laughs> you what – You heard it here first. Yeah, see if it lands. <laughs> oh, my uh, So we uh, decided uh, – I think it was kind of a – I think I kind of just pitched it to you when you you had seen this movie before, oh, Stakeout. Yeah. I had never seen it before. By the way, really? would, I would not have I would not have pitched it to you if I had bothered looking at the duration of the film. <laughs> I could not believe that an action body cop movie, a comedy pretty much, was going to be almost two hours long. I was yeah. shocked. But you know what? For being a movie, well, here's here's a couple things. First of all, y'all, stakeout is basically these two guys that are on a stakeout trying to solve this this crime about this guy that escaped a prison, and they have to watch his girlfriend. That's basically the end. And then the chaos ensues. But ensues. But what I do like about the movie is that they are actually on a stakeout for most of the fucking movie. Like <laughs> the majority <laughs> of the movie is about them being on a stakeout. Now that's a title that just hit it right on the nose. Let yeah, me they you. were not fucking around because at first I was like, "Oh, they're gonna call it a stakeout," but it's probably gonna start off with them in it. But then we're gonna get like an hour and a half of just chase and action, and we do get some sprinkled in. But for the most part, our main characters are just chilling out. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, so you hadn't you hadn't seen this movie in a while, huh? Oh, I no, I you know I haven't seen it in years, and um. But I did remember, you know, for your show, as soon as you mentioned it, the first thing I thought of was the stashes. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is for a stash. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't get any better than the stashes in Stakeout. That's true. I mean, hey, you know, you get uh, you get was it Danny Glover because Lethal Weapon came out the same year, 1987, which I think was a true travesty for Stakeout because it would have easily got an Oscar nod. (laughs) <laughs> not if it wasn't for, um, you know, this other quote unquote cop movie, um, which, you know, you really wouldn't think would be that big a deal because the only difference was, you know, and it was kind of an affirmative, uh, affirmative action thing because, you know, Danny Glover was in the other one. So the Academy's like, you know, stakeout is good, but we're just going to go with this other. <laughs> oh, is that thing. your theory? <laughs> oh, sure. Absolutely. Because, you know, if you put the movie side by side, they're almost the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I would. Yeah, you, you know what I like about Stakeout though is it really does. Because to me, Lethal Weapon, especially the first one, is a drama with some comedic elements. Uh, you know, because it, it actually it's it's pretty dark, and I think Stakeout is a comedy with some oh. dark elements to it. Yeah, um, and I think even uh, Roger Ebert mentioned uh, in his he gave it three stars, and he Ooh. said pretty funny. But some of the darker stuff and the killings don't really blend or gel as well with the comedy. I kind of disagree with that. I think, 
I think I was honestly thinking it was going to be more hardcore. I thought there was going to be more crazy shit going on, but it kind of does lean more on the comedy part of it. And they put a lot of weight, a lot of that comedic shit on the shoulders of Richard Dreyfus. He pretty oh, yeah. much has to carry this movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. <laughs> And I think that see oh and then there was running I think Running Scared came out the year before this and that's a Billy Ooh. Crystal so there was these buddy cop movies were Ooh. a fucking thing apparently Running Scared oh I love Running Scared and by the way we could I could technically have that on the show because Gregory Hines does sport a mustache and has always sported one oh for uh, sure and that's so. a that you want to talk a buddy yeah oh so see that whole like stretch of time right there was buddy cop I mean. Yeah, those 80s, man. It was just, boy, is it fun being a cop. You get to run around and get into all these hijinks, and you get dumped into a fish container. It's just a good time. <laughs> Smell like fucking oh, a Saigon yeah. whore for, like, fucking. Oh, yeah. That had... <laughs> Can you even imagine? Like, that opening scene where he's in that <laughs> fish bin, it's just, like, the whole time I'm like, oh, good God, I can't. You, you're not getting that out. I don't care who you are. Oh. That's not coming out. You can wash uh, that hair for the rest of your life. It ain't coming out. <laughs> and I do like I do like the way uh, the the that's how that's when we're introduced to our to our detectives. But the the movie opens up with basically a pretty not a bad prison break type scene. You know, we get this guy. He has a truck, like a, a delivery truck, gets in. Um, then we meet we meet this guy who I'm going to call Rick Grimes or Grimes for most of the movie because Montgomery looks like Rick Grimes at the beginning of this film. Like mm. I was like, holy shit, he just looks like – but his name's Montgomery. We meet him. Mm -hmm. He gets into a fight on purpose. I guess – I don't know if he paid off his prison uh, – you know, mate or bunk mate or whatever. I don't know if he paid him off, but this guy must be very loyal to him because he allows him to beat the shit out of him. Uh, a big old riot ensues. And what, what? here's something I was a little surprised by. You see a bunch of the prisoners. They First of all, they have a bunch of mirrors out because they're trying to see the fight. And then they start throwing papers and, like, toilet paper and all kinds of plates and shit. But all of a sudden... The there's a cut and there's fire. There's fire. Oh, in the, who they never show anyone light a, a match or, or anything. I was like, what the fuck? I think in the eighties you couldn't have a prison riot without fire. They're just like we just got to throw it in there. Yeah, there's somebody somebody lit something. We're sure of it. And I'm sure that there was some sort of favors exchanged. It may be at cigarettes or any other quote unquote favors for the yeah. you know this fight scene. But there was definitely something going down. Yeah, you just need all, all you need is one cut of a guy just flicking a cigarette out or, you know, it was just so funny because you just see paper. and I'm like, I guess if enough paper lands on it, on <laughs> the friction yeah. causes a fire. And uh, it, eventually they're able to get out. Uh, and we right away know that Montgomery is a piece of shit or Grimes. Mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a piece of shit because he kills a doctor and a, I think his cousin helps kill a cop or security guard that's there. Mm -hmm. What do you think about? What do you think about them getting away? Because they get out, and Grimes is holding on underneath the fucking truck. <laughs> like, well, a, holy shit. I think that, um, you know, one thing I've learned is that as long as you get past the gate at a prison in the middle of a riot, yeah, they're not going to follow you. They're not going to chase the truck. They're not interested in the truck. There's no chance that somebody could be in the truck. So as long as you get past that gate, man, you're good to go. That's one thing I've learned... If I ever get arrested, I just got to get past that gate. 
because I'm good to go. I mean, you know, apparently, um, and there, yeah. And there were several times in this movie where you know, if you just if you're just a little out of reach, you're gonna get it, get away. Um, I personally, I can't imagine what it's like to hang underneath a moving truck. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah and. I guess if you're desperate enough to get away from something, you're going to do it. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, no, you're getting busted. <laughs> like, just, just pull well, over. What's even more believable is that he's holding on and he holds on for a while. Then he there's a little hidey hole that he has to get into because they go through like a security clearance uh-huh. area. And he goes to this little hole and it's kind of, I guess, a space in between the inside of the truck and underneath it. I have no fucking idea. Yeah. I guess the guy rigged it for him. So then the cops, the, the sorry, I keep saying cops, the security guy doesn't see him anywhere and they're able to get out and he comes out of the hidey hole eventually. And he's oh, yeah. like, are we out? And his, and we find out this guy is his cousin. I mean, I don't even got his name, but it's, it's his cousin. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if he if he'd been smoking, smuggling like a joint, they would have busted him. But he can put a whole human inside this little cargo (laughs) space, and it's like, yeah, he's good. He's out. He's all right. No worries. We're good. Then we get maybe. uh, I'm not kidding. It's been a while. We get three mustaches pretty significantly in a row. We get we see a dope mustache from this FBI agent guy. Then we cut to a, a dope mustache from. This bald server in a in a in a diner. Then we cut to our main characters, Dreyfus and Estevez, who also are sporting great mustaches. That's four mustaches in a row. That was like that's some kind of mustache bingo or some shit. I'd never oh. seen that many. And you could never put them together like that another way that would have made any sense. But it was almost like a, a plot point for this film. <laughs> I absolutely believe that. Well, like the and the other thing was that in that opening sequence, and I I was watching and I was like. They wanted to make sure you knew you were in Seattle because the first little picture on the wall is like the space needle. Like, hey, we're going to be in Seattle. Like they wanted to make sure you, you knew that stashes are in Seattle. Yep. Even though this was all shot in Vancouver. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they did try their best. Oh, yeah. It was. Well, when I saw the mountain range, I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was yeah. like, and, you know, it works for someone like me. I've never been out there. So if I just see like a big tree, I'm assuming, oh, this must be the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, uh, what a shame. But uh, it still looks very nice. I would love to visit Vancouver. It seems like a pretty serene, like surreal, serene. Yeah, serene's a word, right? Sounds like a word. <laughs> I would like to visit. And Judge, just... Judges? Judges? Yes, yes. We're going to go with yep. it. It's a we, word. Yep. We got two yeses and one no. It's a yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that bastard from Ireland. What does he know? All right. I know. It's son of a bitch. <sighs> um, we meet, we, we meet uh, Dreyfus and Estevez, and we see Dreyfus make a fucking gross-ass egg sandwich, and he eats it like a wolverine. Now, I will tell you about this. And I didn't know it, but subconsciously, that must have had some sort of influence on me when I was younger. Because for <laughs> years, I used to do that. Oh, nice. And I was looking at him making it, and I'm like, and I haven't done it for a long time, but I was watching him make that sandwich where he puts the bread and the egg and the bacon and anything else he can get his hands on. And I was like, oh my God, I used to do that. Yeah. And honestly, nothing wrong with it. It's not so much what he did it's how he does it because he sort of really slaps it together and then he he squeezes it he squeezed the yolk out which by the way i think you want the yolk in oh 
You know, you got to get that yolk in your mouth, you know? I know, and I can't. I got to <laughs> I gotta have my egg. Like, if it's got a little, like, jiggly white to it, no, 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 no. You got to cook that son of a bitch. No, 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 no. Oh, I like them wet, baby. I, oh, I, I, oh. I, I like sunny side up eggs. Really? Yes. Yes, oh, I gotta, I gotta have a little. Because yeah, it's like, that. um, it's like, it's like food and dip at the same time. Like you, <laughs> you, you eat the food part, and then all the yolk is a dip. It's dope. Well, uh, there you go. Yeah, dude. I like to diversify my eggs. <laughs> yolk. When that moment when you need to dip something, go yeah. for yolk. Go for the yolk, baby. Yeah, go for the yolk. This is brought to you by the Poultry Association. <laughs> <laughs> gotta eat that baby chicken. So right, yeah. uh, so then all of a sudden, <laughs> and of course we find out they are technically on a stakeout here. They've been keeping an eye out on this fish factory or whatever, looking for this very specific, very specific ginger. The yes. only ginger in Vancouver. Yes. And uh, they see him from like fucking a million yards away. I don't know, they have great eyes, but it's also a ginger. It's not, you know, you can see him pretty far. Well, and that was the thing, and I think that's partly why he was a ginger. It was a casting choice, because if you looked at everybody else on that wharf with all those fishermen, you needed somebody that's going to stand out. And yeah. given the population that was there in Vancouver, they were probably like, shit, how are we going to do this? They all yeah. look fucking white. Like, yeah. And they're like, oh, hey, there's a ginger. Yep. And everyone in the factory are tiny little Asian ladies. <laughs> Just the tiniest, cutest little Asian ladies. Yeah, but they can hurl a fish, man. Jesus Christ! Some of those guys were throwing fastballs. I swear oh yeah, no, they all look like they have a pretty strong right arm. Like they just mm. all look pretty badass. And, and so they run after him. Uh, Dreyfus is the one that has to go into the f- actual fish place, and then Estevez kind of takes the perimeter. And this is when we were talking about. We run into. By the way, I just I forgot I had this in my notes, and I'm not sure if you noticed this. This happens twice in the movie. Where Dreyfus wears a baseball cap with his detective suit, and he just looks like a weird like it just doesn't work to me. But yes, I don't know. He looks <laughs> just looks it, bad to me. It's really yeah, and it was really kind of an odd choice. Like I don't know what they were going for. Like oh, I'm undercover, so I'm gonna put the hat on. Yeah, and then I'm gonna take the hat off, and now it's like a real weird Superman glasses thing. Like glasses are on, Clark Kent glasses yeah. are off. Yeah, yeah, the baseball cap thing was really bad and it also kind of <laughs> looks like like when you were like 15 or 16 and you would wear your hat a certain like way that was oh. more cool but then your dad grabs it and tries to put it on like you and he's like hey what's up man oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's the way dreyfus looks is not this movie when he's wearing a hat he just looks like a, a dad well honestly you know, he is like a dad in this fucking movie well yeah i mean he was in this film he had to be in his at least what 50s right getting there 40s, it, if 50s, not like late there. 40s because he's kind of always a older oh so for sure he's hard to pinpoint but I, I would say he was probably yeah like 45 46 okay so i mean and you know to his credit dude looked good for his age not bad um emilio even though you put the mustache on him it's like it's like his top lip looked 35 his cheeks looked 12 yeah he can like it was a weird balance and then he has got he's always had a very youthful voice like he's sounded the same <laughs> since the breakfast club Oh, for sure. You know, and so even though he's a cop, you still don't believe it. You think he's playing make believe with, with his dad, yeah, or some shit. Out. And Which you is know why they're wearing baseball caps? Because <laughs> I just got back from the game, the Mariners game. Yeah, and uh, and the the thing that kind of threw me for a, I, I meant to mention this in the beginning. 
what threw me for a little bit of a spin was the fact that I thought Estevez was going to be the one that was going to be the love, like love, Madeline, Madeline Stowe's love interest. I might be saying her name wrong. Is it Madeline? Madeline? I think it's Madeline. But uh, basically the female protagonist in this movie, I thought he would be because, you know, he's a younger cat. But I kind of like that the movie decided to kind of turn it around and all of a sudden it's Dreyfus who's this like older guy. You know, he's a he's grown ass man. You know, he's an older dude. Uh -huh. He looks like he goes to like a lot of like softball games and <laughs> he bowls a lot and shit. Yeah. Oh, big bowler. Big, big bowler. bowler. Mm. And. It just blew my mind. Like, I, I'm not kidding. When we first started getting little suspicions that he was maybe going to be the love interest of her, I was like, no way. No way. She's not going to, like, actually. Yep, there's. Yeah, she likes him. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> well, and and we're jumping. I mean, we kind of. We're jumping, You're the jumping around a little bit. bit but yeah. yeah, but but the thing about it is you learn that. You learn kind of why that is, though, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah, because they're, they they kind of set it up where, in a way, it was the only option. Yeah, they do a little bit because you know, just to go back, the the this this whole chaotic scene is going on in the fish factory. Fucking ginger guy sneaks up on Dreyfus. Dreyfus falls into a fucking fish pit. Like it, it's like a Mortal Kombat zone, uh, but it's, <laughs> instead of lava, it's just a bunch of fucking dead fish. They fight. I, I, this got to be one of the few movies that I've ever seen a fight scene happen on top of a bunch of dead fish. Um, if oh, not for sure. Only. And it's just completely gross. You can almost smell it off your TV. It's like smell a vision. Oh, yeah. Ginger guy, who is a great fighter, by the way, he whoops their ass throughout the entire fucking movie. Well, he's six feet. He's, you he's, know, a, he's like six two. And his other guys are at least a foot shorter yeah. than him. I mean, they got an arm reach. I mean, let's be honest. They didn't have a chance. I really did look it up. Dreyfus is five five. Estevez is five seven. So, yeah, these guys are not. And I'm not a super tall guy, but I'm taller than that. So, so and I consider myself not tall. So this guy had to be at least he had to be at least. 511 or close to six foot the, the yeah ginger. he's a big he dude and he's young oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and drive old man dreyfus is in there fighting on fish and he's lost a foot on this guy who's winning that fight yeah dude he whoops his ass gets away uh estevez tries to chase after him and then dreyfus goes down like a fish shoot and then all the little asian ladies start hitting him with the fish and like fucking oh yelling at him which is hilarious Oh, it was great. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they were probably pissed because nobody told him he was coming and they're losing like a day's pay because he's dicking around. They were pissed. Oh, yeah, you're right. I would... They were mad. Just contaminating all the damn fish with his oh. Dreyfus germs. Yeah, <laughs> Dreyfus germs. Just fucking mustache hairs all over the place. And... Yeah, and those fish were pristine, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> so then at the very end of this whole fucking situation... The ginger is gets held up by Dreyfus. He gets to him, but then Estevez has like a forklift and gets in between them and just ruins it. Now I have to point this out. This is a classic '80s moment that we really need to talk about. Emilio gets in this forklift. Now this is a forklift that has metal tires on a wooden wet deck, and he burns out and squeals them tires when he takes off in that <laughs> forklift. Now that's an '80s thing, man. You could squeal tires on anything. <laughs> Gotta love that ADR, baby. Oh, that was metal wheels on on wet wood, and he was just. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, baby, you go. That's when you on know. a forklift. 
<laughs> you know you're in an action movie where oh, everything dude. has tires squeals. <laughs> when he every when he got on that thing and he started squealing tires, I'm like, oh god. I oh, like the dude. idea that some guy asked, "What is the sound of metal rubbing on wood really hard?" They're like, "Just use the tire squeal. We don't need to fucking reinvent the wheel here." No pun oh, intended. In, in post, they were like, "Oh, look, tires are spinning." There you go. Hit there the button. You go. Next. Boop. There we go. <laughs> so fucking this ginger asshole gets away, and uh, we and they both fall in the water. Uh, because Dreyfus has to go and save Estevez because he fell in the damn water with the forklift, so there's property because damage. Because appar- apparently the teenager can't swim? Apparently. I guess he can't swim. Oh, you interesting. Know? Yeah, very interesting. So then after all that, we uh, I think they go back out to the – I think this is when we see Grimes and he's all clean-shaven. It's really quick, him and his – cousin head out we see that they're basically basically they're trying to get from the escape where they escape from prison they're just trying to get their ass over to seattle so most of the movie it's just little clips of them kind of working their way slowly to seattle now where did i was confused because i guess i must have forgot it or i missed the part so they were in federal prison in i don't was it wyoming i think I think no, so. It was so. Somewhere. It was a distance long enough where it took him like what? It seemed like it was maybe a three day, four day. Right. Trip. So he went from a federal prison instead of going to Canada or to Mexico, he goes to Seattle to get money. Yeah, all because he happens to have some stacks of cash. Right. Somewhere, basically, somewhere stashed in Maria's apartment, which Maria is his ex girlfriend or his right. estranged girlfriend. Um, who she they she was like sending letters to him for a while and all that, and he had his, she he had her picture in his jail cell as well. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, I was just confused because I was like, yeah. So you're wanted for you know killing people and um, for a federal fugitive, not just a, like a state local guy. You're federal. Yeah. And you're gonna head to the Exes. No. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's maybe the most obvious first place cops would look for oh. you. Absolutely. Which is why it's so dumb. But honestly, there's a reason he was in prison. He's not good at it. So, <laughs> oh, well, there you go. You know what? Point, point made. Point made. Well done, sir. Oh my God. So then uh, we we head to the precinct and we have the dad from Wonder Years there and, and the good old Force Whitaker or Small Guarded Whitaker. Oh, I know. <laughs> who are, they're they're also detectives at the Seattle Police Precinct. Uh, they make fun of Dreyfus. There's obviously a rivalry there. They they tell Dreyfus he smells like an 1800s prostitute in Chapel Hill after she was killed by Jack the Ripper. They didn't say that. I wrote that. <laughs> I'm like, funny? I don't remember that, but that's great. That's a great line. I love it. I love it. If I was Dreyfus, I would have gone to go just bear hug these motherfuckers with my stinky-ass fish suit. Well, and that's the thing, like, talk smack all you want, but here you go. Like, I know, but he didn't. No, that would have been a great idea. Oh, that would have been fabulous. That's what I would have done. But uh, we, we head to the captain's office where the guys are introduced to that mustachioed FBI agent we saw earlier. The cap is all pissed about the forklift incident, blah, blah, blah. We find out that fucking Montgomery is one of um, is basically the FBI agents are after him because I think he killed one of the FBI agents. Yes, yeah. And... That we find out that it was his cousin that helped him get out, and his name's Agent Lusk, and he's going to have the detectives run some stakeouts, and basically the Wonder Years and Whitaker are going to take care of the daytime, and uh, and Dreyfus and Estevez are going to take care of the night shift, 
And all they have to do, pretty easy premise, is watch his ex-girlfriend's house and wait and see Bugger House just do a stakeout and see if anything happens where they might get something going on so they can get this fucking dude. Pretty simple job. Not bad. It should be pretty easy. But then, you know, then we, we have a lot of movie left, so obviously it's not just that easy. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, right. No, yeah, no. So we just want you guys to hang out and... In the end, scene. No, yeah, it's yeah, and and they made it abundantly clear in the captain's office that they have done this before. The two groups of men have done this before, and it didn't really go well in the past. Oh yeah, yeah. They, I think, because they have a pretty, pretty solid rivalry between the two, mm-hmm. and we find out that I think, well, well, basically, the Wonder Years and and Forrest Whitaker are like, we don't want to fucking do this with them because they're complete slobs. These guys are pigs. But then they start accusing each other of shit. One of them says that someone pissed all over a carpet or something. and it, Because I think Wonder Years has a bulldog. That's his dog, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got a bulldog because he brings his damn dog over, and it's just a complete mess. So the, it's going to – a lot of the comedic elements from now on is going to be a lot of them – interacting with each other that's pretty much how the movie keeps weaving it throughout the film yes Uh, it's 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 not bad it's like it's not i think what i like about it is it's kind of like wholesome shit i thought it was going to be way more serious like way more hardcore well and and i think that's what's kind of what was interesting because you have you know running scared which was on that line between comedy and serious you had Lethal Weapon, and then you had Stakeout. And I think that so many of the cop movies had such a dark tone that this one, you kind of expected it. Like, you're like, okay, this is going to be, you know, buddy cop movie. It's going to get ugly, blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't. And you're right. A lot of it is the antics between the two sets of cops. But, and then there's some other elements and, you know, romance and this, that, and the other. But you're right. It's just not... It's just not what you think it's going to be as far as like, okay, this fugitive is going to just keep killing people until he gets to her house. No, 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 no. Spoiler alert. Sorry for those of you that were <laughs> like, oh, shit, I was just going to rent that tonight. Damn it. <laughs> well, I like to hope that, you know, I, I try to let people try to let the listeners know that what movie's coming up. So hopefully they've seen it or they watch it. But I will recommend at this point, if you have never seen Stakeout, check it out. It actually is. Uh, it's a good watch. It goes by pretty fast for being a longer type action movie. I I, I think it it goes pretty quickly. But and you can watch it with a significant other. Like it, you 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 can. Yeah. But I mean, it's cute. It's cute, and it's funny because the guys arrive at the at the place where they're going to be doing the stakeouts, located directly across the street from Maria. It's like kind of a multiplex little home. Or a duplex. Just a nice two-story. Yeah, yeah I mean, two-story duplex or something. And uh, they go up, and it kind of looks like when Kevin McAllister goes in, goes into that in Home Alone 2. Oh, it yes. just looks like a fucking mess. Like, it looks like Kevin McAllister's already set up traps. Like, it just looks oh, insane yeah. in there. Oh, my God. You're so right. I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely <laughs> right. It literally looked, yes, it was a construction nightmare, and it was booby-trapped. I know for a fact. <laughs> There's just That's like a great point. Junk everywhere. Oh, shit, I try to honestly, I, it's weird, Earl, but I try to work in Home Alone 2 in almost every episode. So it was. there's a reason I thought of that. 
That's awesome. So, well, and and that was and this one definitely had it because now that you say that, I'm like, oh my god, you are so right. I was all it was missing was a paint can on a string, and it would have been right there. I was waiting for the soundtrack to change to. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> All right, so then... (laughs) That's great. That's great. So then, you know, Estevez starts giving off, like, all the different things about Maria. We find out that apparently she is half Mexican, half some other shit. Um, Although, um, Madeline Stowe, actually, I think she's coast... She has uh, Costa Rican descent, I believe, but she's definitely not Mexican. (laughs) No, 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 no. But she's definitely no. She, she's ethnic, but that's a great point. Because um, she was in the movie Revenge with Kevin Costner. Oh, I've never seen which that. Which is one. like, oh my god, dude, dude. She's gorgeous, man. I'm a fan. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, you ain't lying. You need to watch Revenge. Um, okay, we're gonna quick tangent. Kevin Costner retires from the Air Force and he goes down to South America to hang out with a friend of his who he's known for years who happens to be a drug lord. And she is his extremely young wife. Mm. Well, Kevin Costner and her start hanging out, and it gets ugly real fast. Uh It is a fabulous... If you've never seen Revenge, I'm telling you right now, the best thing I can tell you is your next film you need to watch is Revenge because it is a very very good movie mm. and she's in it and she is stunning from beginning to end yeah she's great i mean she's a great actress oh. she looks great um they really um <laughs> they really sexualize her well, not sexualize her but basically these two cops are just horny guys you know like i the, the way i would imagine most cops being but especially dreyfus is super horny throughout this whole movie um you know we we i think estevez even kind of tries to I don't, tell me if you think this was a joke or she just did lose weight because Estevez mentions she's five six and they both say too tall because well they're not tall right yeah, right 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 <laughs> you know, they're like well tall for us and he mentioned she weighs three hundred and thirteen pounds <laughs> which I'm like what the what a random fucking number well and I think yeah and I think that you know it goes back to like I think it was kind of a, a jab at like files and cops and police and this that, and the other like the accuracy of the information okay yeah that um, makes more sense you know what i mean because first of all her height was nowhere close no I, it's kind of i think she's like five in real in reality she's like five eight or five nine or something oh for sure but like her weight wasn't right her height wasn't right i mean it just it's just there was a lot of obscurity to that and i think that and and it might be the ethnic thing was kind of one too i didn't really pick up on it because i think it was like a weird mix and i was like yeah well because eventually you know dreyfus uh eventually dreyfus goes in to like bug her house up and that's how they meet that's the meet cute is he's (laughs) he's going into to to wire the home and then bug bug the phones and so he pretends to be a telephone service technician or whatever and he goes in and she seems all kind of flustered and he eventually and he's like being he's taking a lot of risks. That's one thing about Dreyfus is he it's like he's so hard that like he just is so willing to like make some crazy ass risks. And he's like looking through his shit because he knows that she's got to have some connection to this Montgomery guy. And he's just trying to look around. And mm-hmm. This is where he finds out that her younger brother it's kind of a weird tangent just to kind of make her fall in love with him faster that the movie throws in. But like her younger brother 
got in trouble for some like stealing a car or something, but he got put in the fucking clink. And um, she had to go and get his bell or something, so she needed to get the hell out of the house. So then later, later on in the movie, he actually goes to help out her younger brother by telling him, "Hey, kid, if you start working construction and just go straight home when you're done with work, you can get out of this place." That's a pretty solid deal. Like you oh, sure. get a job and you get out of jail. That's cool. Look, I, I find your sister extremely hot, and I want to nail that. So um, I'm going to get you a job yeah. and get you out of prison. What do you say? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, when I first saw her brother, initially— He actually looked people, Mexican almost, kind of. He he did, but you know, for there, a brief almost. moment, I forgot what year the movie was, and he kind of looked like Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, 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 there's no way. Freddie was, like, not even born yet. But um, And, well, Freddie Prince that... Jr. is half Latino, so makes sense. Oh, is he really? Yeah, his dad's. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, his dad's Mexican or Spanish descent. I'm not sure. He was Latino for sure. But uh, is this yeah. kind of that thing where like white people are like, my great grandmother was one quarter Cherokee, so I <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. Sorry, dude. Yeah, thanks for playing. It's kind of crazy because Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad was like a like really popular, famous comedian, like legendary, and that just didn't live very long. He just had like oh yeah, but he, it's crazy that. His dad was like this dope comedian, and then Freddie Prince Jr. was just like a pretty boy that was like in movies for a bit, <laughs> and then like yeah. TV, and I don't know what he's doing now, but anyway. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I feel bad, because I feel like Philip Morris might have lied to us, and that secondhand smoke in nightclubs for doing comedy did end up costing him his life. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it just happened. Yeah, it could happen. Quite possibly. Um, Freddie, Prince, Freddie Prince was smart, though. He hung on to people who like made great movies, like... Um, Oh, I forget the chick who is Jennifer Love Hewitt or whatever he's in everything with, and then um, that Willard guy or whatever. Like he's just oh, smart. Yeah. He's on to other people that would make movies, and they're like, oh, "I'll get Freddie to come do this." I mean, he seems like a, a a decent dude. Like he doesn't seem like he's all full of himself and shit. So maybe that's why. But I haven't seen him in a long time. I'm not sure if what he's done, but I, I'm sure he has enough money just to fucking coast. But you know, well, yeah, possibly. So he gets the brother out. He, he makes an arrangement, but the problem was that while he was in the prison, or not while he was in prison, while he was at the jail. Oh yeah, honestly, one of my favorite scenes, like fucking really? hilarious. So we we jumped over one of my fa- my my favorite oh, yeah. things in this movie, and I want to go back to it real quick. Yeah, when they first start the stake out before they go to bug the phones, they're playing a game. Oh my god, you want to talk about this? Okay, you god dang right, I am going to talk Jesus about this Christ. because it's a great line. <laughs> It is a great line, and it was so fast that I doubt anybody picked it up. So they're asking each other questions back and forth. And my favorite one was when uh, Emilio Estevez asked Dreyfus, he said, okay, name this movie. This wasn't a boating accident. And Dreyfus goes, yeah, I don't have any idea. You know that's from Jaws, right? (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Was, you missed it. You fucking missed did that joke, miss didn't it. you? Yeah, I did. When miss he it. tells Dreyfus, I figured you did. So when he, it's really super fast. They're playing this game, and he, and Amelia goes, All right, I want you to name the movie. He goes, This was no boating accident. And Dreyfus goes, Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and that was, I'm like, it's, That was hilarious. By the way, what, what fucking game is that? Asking random ass questions? Like, I, I didn't get it. Is that, do you know of this? It was, so it was really weird, and it was like, it was one of those things where, um, I think if you're stuck in a room passing time with two, <laughs> like, 
I, so first of all, I've never been forced to be in a room with somebody like to work in that situation for that long a time where I couldn't find something to do. But the house is broke down. There's no cable. Um, this is so before cell phones. <laughs> yes, this is before cell phones. There's yeah, you, exactly. You actually have to talk ways. to each other, right? So um, I, I can see it. I mean, I get it. Um, but it was just there was just little kind of quirky things about it. But that was the line. Yeah, that I was like, I'm thinking it's like great. a quick fire trivia thing that you just yes. go back and forth, and whoever gets the most right wins. Type of situation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And th- by the way, since you brought it up, this is where we find out that Estevez really wants to get back at those guys that killed JFK, <laughs> oh. <laughs> which made me laugh because I'm like, bro, it was probably government conspiracy. So uh, good luck with that. Yeah. In one of their interactions, he yeah, he's like really pissed about this JFK thing. Like, so he's fucking like, funny. Yeah. And it, I mean, it happened long before he was even thought of, but he was really pissed about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and in, in between all of this, we find out that Dreyfus's wife has left him. Uh, he goes home, and there's boxes oh, left yeah. out, an empty boxes, like uh, moving boxes. What I love so much is like the way – I like how the movie shows how shitty it is when you have to work all night, and then you have to come home during the day because both of them – Dreyfus has wood chipper guys outside, yes. and Estevez has the trash dudes outside, and they're both fucking loud as hell. And it's they're in a city, well, they're supposed to be in Seattle, yes. and so it's really fun. I love that whole thing. And then Dreyfus ca- calls <laughs> Estevez, and Estevez is like making out with his wife, <laughs> and uh, he tells I like I do like that little exchange because there are they do have a decent chemistry. Like there's that little part where. Estevez tells him, like, hey, have you cracked the seal yet? Because he knew Dreyfus was going to grab a bottle of liquor or whatever. Right. And Dreyfus says, no, dad. <laughs> you know, and he puts yeah. it away because he was like, yeah, dude, don't do not do that yet. We we need you for this case, you know. Yeah. So I kind of like those little bits that they sprinkled in because they actually do have a – you kind of do believe they've been working for a while together, you know. Right, and and this is where it starts to set up Dreyfus as being in a situation in his life that's just down the fucking hill, man. Like, he's on the verge of cracking a bottle. His wife even took the fucking drapes. He can't even close the drapes in his house. that's right. So, I mean, it just kind of sets it up to where Dreyfus's life is really kind of turning to shit, and it's going down this tunnel. And that's kind of where it starts setting up, because in that moment, you have both of those guys there. You have Dreyfus, who's got nobody, no drapes, no nothing, and they got Emilio, who's making out with his wife while he's on the phone. Yep. And and so Emilio's life is good. Dreyfus is shit. So that's why I think that it kind of sets up for that connection between him and her. So what you're trying to say is Dreyfus didn't have any more drapes, so instead he exchanged them for some nice meat curtains. <sighs> I might cut that out. I think I'm going to cut that out. Dude. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> nice curtains. Yeah. Oh, God. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm going to set you up again, but leave out meat. Okay. Okay, hold on. So, so, so his wife took the curtains from their house, so he couldn't. So he, so basically he traded, right? Yeah, he traded meat. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get away from it. I was going to say, yes, yeah, so he took the drapes, so now he's going to curtains. That's all, yeah. You know, I'm going to keep Jeez. all of this in. <laughs> I know. I he know. traded me. Yeah, he traded me. <laughs> well, and that's the, and that's the thing. I have to, you know, and 
one thing that God. you never you never really see a picture of his other wife, right? No, she just like had... this non-existent ghost. <laughs> right, but it had to be an upgrade, right? Oh my God, it had to have been. She was probably like all fucking just just pruned out. Just... <laughs> <laughs> She's pruned out. Yeah, dude, it could have been one of those situations which does happen where. You... You know, you're twenty something years old, and you meet this really hot thirty four, thirty five year old. But then you're like forty five, and now she's like fucking sixty. It could have been a situation. <laughs> I like I'm just making she's, shit up. She's fucking sixty. I love how your math works. So she was thirty when I met her, and I was twenty, and now I'm forty, and she's like <laughs> somehow I woke it's up like, and she's fucking seventy five years old. Yeah, it's, yeah. I rolled over and. Just put my arm on her face and it just kind of slid off and it was like I just couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I was pulling I was pulling a hair out of my teeth. It was gray. It's like oh god. I don't know if you've ever seen the end of Excalibur when uh, when the son kills his mom, but uh, <laughs> but oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. He's he's like oh shit because I think Merlin takes all her like magic out of her so she becomes yeah. old and then she goes up to her son and the son just kills her because he's like ah you're old it's like you gotta go oh my you gotta god go right now. i love that movie so anyway oh, back yeah. to the back to st- <laughs> back to stakeout just get out of control so there we get a lot of we get some exchanges basically there's like there's a part where Dreyfus is at a supermarket to get him some food and we have another little oh. meet up with her oh this oh it pissed me that pissed me off so bad why, like like oh, two well why why oh my god <laughs> okay so okay so theoretically i know where it's actually filmed but it was set up to be in seattle okay yeah. So this beautiful, intelligent woman goes to the grocery store mm-hmm. in Seattle on her bike, gets a flat tire, and is like, oh, my God, I'm going to need a ride home. It's going to rain. It's fucking Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> it always rains in Seattle. <laughs> that is like the lamest fuck. Oh, my God, I think it's going to rain. Yeah, like this is not her first rodeo. She should have well, known. Come on. And then she goes to the telephone guy. I'm not. I'm well, sorry. That's just a step above plumber. I'm not gonna go at the telephone, fucking guys, Lesaber. I'm just not gonna do it, especially if I'm a pretty young woman with perfectly curled hair. Uh, I know it's weird that you showed up on my doorstep like the second my phone went out, and now you're at the supermarket where I shop. But um, I have a flat tire, yeah. and I'm the only woman in Seattle that didn't pack an umbrella. So um, can I get a ride home with you? What's more crazy is like. <laughs> forward forward t- 10 years it's now 1997 not 1987 and you're a telephone service guy and you have a mustache no woman would ever ride with you it's so crazy how <laughs> mustaches just fell hard in the 90s like they're kind of coming back a little bit but man in the 90s they were just oh, fucking kryptonite so I will disagree in the sense of coming back because it seems like not so much the mustaches. <laughs> How dare like you, it's sir. A full fi- I know. I know on your show. God, it's sacrilege. <laughs> but think about it because it's a lot of like combined facial True, hair. True. That's what I sport. I sport. I do sport, yeah. I do sport a mustache with a separate it's not just beard. A straight, yeah. You know, but it's not just straight mustache. These guys were sporting legit, full on, very thick, perfect mustaches. You're right. If that comes to your door, yeah, you, you, nobody's coming in. But I also think about landlines, right? Like this is back in oh, the yeah. day where everybody had a landline. It never happened. It's never happened. Yeah, please. Verizon's not coming to your door to check your cell phone. 
It's hilarious. And oh, by the way, <laughs> I just want you to know, Earl, like I don't say this in the episodes now, but my old, old, old ones, I, I the reason I started this show part, partly is because I want to honor those that do have the do, that have the bravery, the strength <laughs> to sport a mustache. It's not because I sport just a mustache it's just to honor those that do the honor that you know what and i will yeah. I, I think that's a great cause and i think that you <laughs> you are the lone reed in the sands <laughs> of mustache mustache lore that, and i feel yeah. that i get that a lot I feel that <laughs> they are going to write minstrels are going to write songs about you i feel it i feel that you are just on the cusp yeah of bringing back Tom Selleck's must. God, Tom Selleck. Legendary, yeah. Oh, he, we need to dude. bring him back on this show at some point. I think the last uh, movie we covered was Quig- Quigley. It was. It was Quigley. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. I heard that. I was listening to that episode. Quigley's fun. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, the best part of that with that episode with you guys, I had cried so hard, was you kept talking about that chick that kept calling her Roy. <laughs> yeah. And I was crying because that's my favorite. I love her. And then I love the part where like she she's like, Everybody thinks he's crazy, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't know him." And then he does something great, and she's like, "Yep, that's my Roy." <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just love that. It holds up. That movie holds up. It's actually pretty oh, fun, sure. dude. Oh my sure. god! So yeah, so basically, Dreyfus ends up going home with Maria because he helps her bike in, and the whole time, one of the things I love about Dreyfus is he's fuck. He cheeses it up so hard in this movie, and he keeps looking back, knowing Estevez is watching him going into the house. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. I could do anything about it." Like he's like trying to explain, but it like mining, and it's just so funny. Oh yeah, he goes into her apartment. She decides, and, and but by, by the way, this is when the movie really tries to push that she's half Mexican because. First of all, she oh. she brings up Mexican food to serve him that she has in her fridge. Then she talks about Day of the Dead, <laughs> Dia de los Muertos. Her, that was her birthday. Her birthday, her birthday was the Day of the Dead, which I think is several days. So it's probably so I guess the first one or the main one. But apparently, yeah. <laughs> but she also has little little fucking candy skull characters uh-huh. and like all this bullshit. I was laughing my ass off in this part. I was like, oh, yes, 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 Madeline Stowe. You, you're the most Mexican lady I've ever seen in my life. Well, and I think in, in production, pre-production, they were probably like, fuck, we need to sell this. We need to sell that she's Mexican. I've got it. Food and a holiday that yeah. nobody knows Head about. Head out to East L.A. Go yes. get a couple of little skeleton fuckers. And... <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Make sure they're wearing okay, a mariachi suit and a little folklorico <laughs> thing. <laughs> They'll really believe it. It's true. No, no, it's absolutely true. And she's like, and he's like, you know, she asked him, do you like spicy food? And it's like, oh, yeah. 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 You know, like, and and, and I have to tell you, and I'm assuming that since this guy went to prison, she hadn't been laid. She is Dreyfus is a stranger. She was on him. Oh, dude. She was on him from day one. And it was like. Yeah, dude. Like, I don't know. And I think that's why she's extra attractive in this movie, because she is so like it, and it even makes me start questioning, like, damn it, man. Why couldn't I have been like the telephone guy? Well, and when she kisses him the first time and kind of takes that pause back and she goes, whoa, I honestly believe it was the first time she's ever kissed somebody with a mustache. Oh, like tickled a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like she's like, oh, yeah, I'm into that. And when she was licking on his Oh, that was weird. Yeah, at some point, 
Yeah, because so basically this and honestly, this is a key moment in the movie where we we get to what it got my attention. Where we well, not specifically the sucky sucky part, but where you were talking, you were talking about the juxtaposition of the reason why she ends up feel having feels for for Dreyfus is because we find out she had this bad boy boyfriend who was a fucking asshole, and Dreyfus talks. She keeps saying that Dreyfus is such a nice guy. And Dreyfus right. is like, no, I fucking hate that. Everyone always tells me I'm the nice guy. He's like, it's like it's like being a like medium. He's like, I want to be bad, you know. Which, by the way, hearing him say that, it's like, no, no, you're not no, gonna be bad. Yeah, it's no. Dreyfus. Like, just think of his fucking voice saying that. And, <laughs> and yeah. But you know what? This is this explains it, man. It's because he's nice. That makes her so attractive. But oh. he's nice, but he also is very confident. He's sure of himself. He, you know, because she doesn't know he's a cop, but he gives off that detective kind of very confident, almost, you know, like he kind of knows what he's doing kind of vibe, and she she likes right. it. And so then eventually, yes, he's trying to get out of there because he knows things are getting a little hot and heavy. She's, like, looking at him, and she's been drinking, and at some point she's like, I like your smile. And then <laughs> eventually they kiss, and he's like – he puts on this face like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I got to go. And she does a little sucky-sucky on his index finger. We want, we get to watch Madeline Stowe lick, lick uh, Richard Dreyfuss' uh, index or pointer finger. I'm not sure which one. I wasn't paying attention to that part. I was going to say, i got to be honest, I didn't even know the hand was there. I was just looking at her. Her her, her mouth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pretty much. I was like, Jesus. And uh, that's enough, baby. I think it would have been enough for me. And uh, he, he goes out to her room. And I think at some point he says, oh, God, because he calls himself Bill. He says his name is Bill. Right, right, <laughs> the right. most generic fucking name you can think of. I know. Uh, and his real the character's real name is Chris. Chris, yeah, Chris Lacy. No, I did it. I'm just called Dreyfus, but yeah, Chris Lacy yeah. or Lacy. I think it's Lacy. I don't know something. Yeah, and I think uh, Estevez. Uh, I forget what his character's name is. <laughs> his name. That's a great question. It's a uh, oh uh, Bill. <laughs> is his name Bill? Yeah, Emilio Estevez's name is Bill Reimers or Reimers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about two of the worst. Honestly, thought this was based off a novel because I couldn't think of the like worse cop names than these two guys. Like that's one thing Lethal Weapon has above this for sure is their cop names are so much cooler. Reamers and and what the (laughs) just made up fucking words? Like I don't know, man. I I don't either. And you're you're absolutely right. It was really kind of like odd, like their names, but all the characters' names were were odd yeah what is up with that like they put too much thought into it i guess like montgomery for the bad guy what kind of that's why i just call him grimes grimes sounds cool for the bad guy that would have been a great bad guy name yeah dude like that really would keep an eye out for grimes oh dude that's cool yeah see montgomery it's more like um okay yeah he acts more like a grimes like it just it works better um Oh, so sure. just, I hope y'all, I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but I keep calling him Grimes. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you did. Yeah. So, so, you, you, so you're right. She's trying to get him and he's trying to be nice, but at the same time, he's trying to balance that. I'm a cop. I can't sleep with her. And then she keeps doing the thing she's doing. Yeah. And I think, uh, not make it easy. I think, uh, Estevez at some point, because 
at some point, I think he ends up running into he he talks to Dreyfus and he tells him, "I would appreciate if you didn't act like a walking hard on while we were on working on this together." <laughs> oh, I know, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and Dreyfus is like. Ah, that was well put. I I understand. <laughs> yeah, I understand your point. I see where you're coming from. Um, um, and then we get some more established uh, scenes to let us know that Grimes is a piece of shit. He steals from like a mom and pop gas station in the middle of nowhere, and actually, I think kills the clerk, the gas station. Clerk? I thought he no, didn't he knock him out? That's what I thought. But then his cousin's like you know pissed off because they only got like 200 something dollars he's like oh is it worth fucking snuffing the dude out so i don't know if i always thought snuff a dude out meant killing them but maybe he just knocked so, him out well and maybe it was a continuity thing maybe you know the script writer wasn't paying attention yeah. that day or you know realized what movie they were on whatever the case may be um but you know i think he knocked him out but he might have i don't know you know yeah. back in the 80s when you hit somebody you can kill and them. they cut, they may have taken out the kill shot for the rating too Oh yeah, so maybe they shot it, but they didn't put it in the film, and so then the cousin's Ooh. mentioning that he's dead, but we didn't really see it. Um, Could be something like that, but we start seeing how the cousin's a little reluctant about this whole thing because he's realizing. By the way, how it takes you until you're in your thirties to realize your older cousin's a fucking psychopath. I don't know, right. but he's like, "Oh God, are you really going to be this?" I'm like, "Dude, you fucking let him out of prison! Like, what the fuck did you expect?" <laughs> He he killed his way out of prison. Yes. I mean, <laughs> he, well, let's just put it this way. I think there was a slow one in the family, and I'm going to go with the cousin. Yeah, dude. He's he's just a stupid asshole that... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You kill people? Yeah, like... Whoa, wait, what? 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 I thought... <laughs> I I thought you were reading books and and you were the accountant of the prison now. I'm I'm just trying to do. Uh... I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. so Shawshank, you doing a little Shawshank? That bitch. Uh, yeah. So then, aren't you doing their taxes? <laughs> Didn't you change your name to Andy Dufresne? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. So then, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, go Jesus. ahead. No, 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 no. That's just funny. That's just funny. Because <laughs> I'm picturing this guy who looks like you know. Rick Grimes doing freaking taxes in the prison and being like, okay, you're going to help me get out. <laughs> then you get a little Morgan Freeman. Oh, wait, like he, and... he just beats the shit out of Morgan Freeman to get out of prison? That would be a way doper scene. Dude, <laughs> you will never see somebody beat down Morgan Freeman. This country will You're right. The there aren't a lot of movies oh. where he gets his ass kicked. Morgan Freeman? Yeah. No. If you, I'm telling you right now, if there was a movie where Morgan Freeman got hurt Especially by some white dude. Yep. They are burning the city down. <laughs> you don't touch Morgan Freeman. It'd be like hitting James Earl Jones. That's true. You don't fuck with James oh, Earl Jones. Dude. Dude. I just honored don't his even. father on my podcast. Robert Earl Jones. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. Awesome. 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 Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't hurt Morgan Freeman. This guy's our mm -mm. he's a legendary actor. Yeah. Yes. You don't do any of that. I, I've honestly tried to. I he was one of the actors because, you know, doing a mustache show. It's one of the, one of the rules is they have to have really sported a pure mustache, not like what you were talking about with the beard and everything. I really right. like them to have been a mustache person. And Morgan Freeman always has, if he sports a mustache, has facial hair, like other facial hair. It's pretty hard to find him with just a mustache. Really? Yes. And I and I could have sworn I'd seen him with a mustache. And he has had some in movies, but not like where he was sporting them like out and about. 
so he doesn't really wear them out and about. So I don't know. It's kind of it would be stretching it a little bit um, if I were to honor him. So because there's just so many more pure mustachioed actors that I would rather get to first. Um, you know, like Richard Dreyfus, like yeah, he sported a beard in a lot of movies, but he has actually sported a mustache like in real life. Like he has f photos with his family and shit, supporting a damn solid ass dad stash, you know. So it was his time. See now, so now <laughs> it's my mission. No, because now it's my mission in life. Because I thought, for some reason, I thought in Kiss the Girls. Or I mean, I could be. Along came a spider. One of the two. I thought he had just a stash. It could be wrong. And now, now I'm gonna have to look at it because I thought. Yeah, I thought one of the two... And I can also tell you, it could have been that I just couldn't find one of him in, like, in real life. Like, either on a red carpet or, so, or a, you know, something like that. Or some event, I just couldn't find one. Oh, like I'm going to piss you off real good. Are you ready? Yeah. And it's going to be bad because I'm going to make you watch it. Oh, my God, this is great. Are you ready? Okay, so all of fans of your show right now, I'm busting. All five of you. I have... I have the movie for Morgan Freeman, who's wearing a mustache. It's long and it's painful, and you have to watch it. Driving Miss Daisy. No. Da, da, da. <laughs> Driving Miss Daisy he had just a stash. I'm going to do a solo cholo on that, and it's going to be a 10-minute episode. <laughs> no, man. I am making you watch that shit. <laughs> Fuck. I've never seen that yeah. movie. I never wanted to see it. Oh, out he also had one in Outbreak, and he didn't have a beard. Okay. Okay. Outbreak's actually a really good one. Outbreak is would be a lot more fun. Although I'm not really good with those kind of movies. I'm a little germaphobic in a way. So like things that like obviously COVID was a big deal for me. <laughs> so, oh no shit! So like I'm very weird about stuff. Like I never touch my face if I'm out in public because I I just don't want to touch. The, like so honestly, I was like kind of built for living in this new world we're in. Uh, but yeah, dude. Uh, I guess Outbreak would be better than Driving Miss Daisy at least. I just like to be clear about something. So you'll go down on a stranger, but you're worried about COVID, right? Yeah, dude. Like I. Okay, no, no. I just want like to it's more important for me to pleasure someone. <laughs> like I'll risk my life to pleasure someone. That's how much. That's how good of a man I am. Man, wow. Yeah, dude. Wow. Again, taking it to that next level. <laughs> you know what? You're a patriot. Dude. I am a fucking patriot. <laughs> Oh God! All right. So where are we? <laughs> so so eventually we get we get to the scene where uh, we get to the scene where he helps Ronaldo out and gets him the yeah. job. Then we're in the precinct and Maria's walking around and shit, and he's freaking Dreyfus is freaking out because he's already you know I, I at this point I don't think they've been together right or I think they've only kissed or something or they're so interested this... in each other. So it was, yeah. So it was right after that initial, the, the right the coffee thing. Yes, because that sex scene they doesn't happen slept... until a little later. But we couldn't wait to right. get to it. No, well, <laughs> and the other thing, well, yeah, and I, well, yeah, I, I know, wait, fuck yeah, dude. Um, um, the other thing that was interesting about that sex thing was she closed her bedroom doors. Yes, because of her own house, and I'm like, really? Like, yeah, I okay. think the point was like so Estevez can't be jerking off. Oh, because yeah, I mean, I, I have some. That. I have. I think I. I think I. Uh, I have some friends. You know, like if they if if they were having a good time with somebody, and I was just kind of watching from across the street for some reason, eh, I might just. You oh. know, 
This episode brought to you by Jergens Lotion. Yeah. Jergens, when your hands really need to feel soft. So, yeah, I, mean, I can completely see that. They're just buttholes, like... right? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got one. Right, right, exactly. No, I just thought that was really, like, I think that it was really just odd because it was like she doesn't know they're watching from across the street, but she shuts her own doors. I, mean, I don't know. It's just weird. But you're right. So that happens actually later. So when they're in the precinct was after... He had ta- taken her home after having a flat tire. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's when all that happens. And he's trying to hide and shit. And the captain is actually telling Dreyfus that some cops just blew their cover. And he's like, just be careful out there, man. You can't be blowing your cover. And this is all happening while he almost might blow his cover. Oh, yeah. And he runs into Maria. And he's tripping the fuck out. And all yeah. of a sudden, the ginger guy comes through. Who, by the way, kind of looks like uh, he was a quarterback for the Bengals. He played for, uh, shit, what is his name? Uh, I think he plays for the Bears now? No, we don't think he plays for the Bears. I forget who he plays for now. Uh, shit. Oh, my God. How, can, how come I can't think of his name? He looks. Are you talking about somebody who plays football right now? Yeah, he plays football right now. <laughs> Hold on. I need to know now, dude. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. Are Andy you, Dalton. You're not talking. You're ta- oh, I was just gonna say you're not talking about Dalton. Yeah, Andy yeah. Dalton. He looks a little like Andy Dalton, but like cool. From the eighties. From the eighties. Yeah, he's Andy Dalton's like a like abusive, <laughs> abusive oh, uncle. Jesus. Uncle. You know? <laughs> he, he, yeah, he's that weird uncle for Andy. Yeah, he's Dalton. that weird uncle that never got married. Is just kind of mean to everybody, and, uh, and he sees Dreyfus and he says. By the way, kind of has an accent here, and he's like, "Hey, fish man, one day we dance again." Eh. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that he walked by him. Yes, and so then Maria's like, "Wait, you know that guy? What's going on? Are you in trouble?" Because she already thinks something's wrong. Because like he's just been acting so fucking weird, and he just starts saying a bunch of random shit and gets the fuck out of there. <laughs> so fucking random. Oh, yeah. And so then Estevez has some, like, rabid, angry-ass cat, and he just throws it in Wonder Years' truck, uh, car. And there, there's a whole prank scene <laughs> that happens. It's so stupid. The dog turd in the fridge always gets oh, me. Oh, God, it looks really... It honestly looked real. I feel like that may have been yeah. real. Well, I'm just like, oh, can you even imagine opening up a fridge and seeing a dog turd in there for crying out? And they put it on a plate. It was all pretty. I'd be so angry. I mean, it was well. It was a good presentation. It was a good presentation. It was a good. It was a good little, you know, soft serve poop. Soft serve. It was a coiler. I'm not gonna lie. It, it was really a coiler. Was. And um, yeah, so Wonder Years gets a cat just fucking go crazy in his car. The dog takes off, and then Grimes and his cousin are getting closer to Seattle. So. Things are about to pop off. We're like, oh, shit, the fire, some stuff might happen soon. Because so, <laughs> basically the whole first part of the movie is trying to trying to connect Dreyfus and Maria to like try to get us to believe that they might actually like each other. And, uh, and so, yeah, so then from there, eventually they, they do end up getting together, like we said. But then they start running into some hijinks where – Fucking Dreyfus is trying not to get caught. He gets caught on a phone call. Like he, she calls him in the morning. Oh well, that's no wait. We got to tell him though. The reason being is because the phones are all tapped. Yes, they they've been listening in. So yeah, the day yes. cops, uh, the Wonder Years and 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 uh, Whitaker, Whitaker. called Forrester, <laughs> Forrester Whitaker. They listen in during the day on the phones, and they also 
obviously just like what they do at night. They just observe the the house and see if she's there. Uh-huh. Blah blah blah. So there's a part where she does call him, and he like real he's half asleep, but he realizes like holy shit, like they could be listening in on this, or they probably are, and he starts coughing like a crazy person. <laughs> That's insane. It's so funny. Like, he just chews up everything. Dreyfus, like, this is the reason it's funny. Dreyfus just eats this shit up. It's so good. Dreyfus is so, like, you believe to a certain degree how, like, when he reacts to something, when it clicks in his brain, what's going on. He's really good at that where you can see him just going and then all of a sudden he shifts like, oh, shit. Yes. And and he does that because... um, he does it a second time in the movie, which we'll get to later when he's at with oh, her. Yeah. But um, he he just has this thing where he you can see where he works it out in his brain, like, oh shit, I just fucked up, <laughs> and 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 he can switch gears like that, and it's and it's really kind of fun to watch. Emilio tries it, but he's not. He just he doesn't have the. He doesn't quite have the delivery, and also. Dreyfus, uh, surprisingly, which I I don't I can't think of a movie where I've seen him uh, do this much physical comedy. He does a lot of physical shit here, like he's falling and tripping and all kinds of shit throughout this movie. Like it's really fucking funny. A lot of it. So there's a movie called Let It Ride, where he is a kind of a delinquent gambler for horse racing oh, i've heard of that movie um, yeah oh my god it's it's fabulous and he um he's married to terry gar um from mr mom and he's married to uh and he's you know he's got all this but like jennifer tilly's in it there's a lot of people in it and it's a comedy and it's really good and he's got a lot of physicality in it and he just he can sell yeah it. he's he's good stuff man <laughs> i actually really like uh his performance in this movie it, it carries it for sure um Somebody had to. I'm going to be honest. After the first chase scene till the last chase scene, there was a lot of time. Yes, in the the, you needed some charismatic character to pull. Sh- oh. I can't imagine if they had someone that was shitty. It would have been so bad. Like if it wasn't for him, because Estevez is kind of coasting in this movie. Um, he has a couple of good one-liners, but it's more because it's written well, not because he's funny. Uh, and, yeah. uh, he, they do prank Estevez, by the way. They put black ink on the binoculars. <laughs> classic. That's a classic. Yeah, that's a classic, that's a classic one. Classic. And then Dreyfus heads over to Maria's house, uh, because tell me about this scene is ridiculous. Tell us about this scene where this crazy drunk guy goes to her apartment. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy. So, okay. I really don't know what's happening here. <laughs> well, so I think here's the thing about it. And it took me like several times watching this movie a long time ago to kind of figure out that a little bit. And here's my theory on that. So this happens after the episode in the police station where she kind of had a moment where she's like, maybe he's not truthful with me. And in this scene, this drunk guy shows up at her house. And of course he's, He's out of control and he's, you know, he thinks that he's at this house and he's at not the right house or whatever. And Dreyfus kind of levels with him and calms him down and she sees him interacting with this guy in a very calm manner, manner and it kind of switches him back into that nice guy role. Yeah. Because before that, there was a little glitch in whether or not he's being truthful with her and all this other shit. And now she sees him again as being this kind of this saintly person yes 
So it did serve kind of a purpose. And also um, kind of masculine because to, to kind of shake this guy up, he trips him. And this yeah. guy eats shit, right? And he's oh, yeah. drunk, so you know he fucking falls like a rag doll. But then yeah. he does that game where it's like, oh, you fell? <laughs> like, oh, you know? Oh, yeah. And that's when he kind of kind of brings him down a little bit. Like, it's all good, yeah. man. Let's get you some coffee. And you just see you just see Maria's face like just, man, she is getting flush. Well, and that's the thing. They get this guy. They make sure he gets out to the Goes car. Goes to a taxi. You know, this, co- this taxi, and they wave at him. And then at that moment, She's she like, was like, tonight we shall make oh, love. It, I've seen, I haven't seen Prairie Mantis that have been like, yeah, it's on, and you're done. Yeah. And, boy, she went after him. And that's when we get to the finger scene. And, and... you see uh, Estevez. He's hoisting a bucket of KFC chicken, which made me want chicken because oh, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love chicken. <laughs> Well, yeah, and that was so funny because he's like he's trying to find a piece in that bucket, and he finally gets frustrated and throws the bucket. Yeah, dude, there's like no food left, and Dreyfus no. is just in the bedroom and just fucking. Oh, and then I think, um, well, also it's the fact that he could lose his dad. So the whole point of like the reason Estevez is so pissed is that Estevez could get in trouble for this. Obviously, Dreyfus could lose yeah. his job or like get suspended for this kind of shit. Because they were never right. supposed to ever get in contact with her. They're just supposed to watch and report. That's it. Right. Observe and report. That was all was supposed to. Yeah. And uh, they were not supposed to do anything else. And this guy's fucking fucking the, <laughs> the person they're supposed to yeah. be. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. And then, and then, of course, because they work the night shift versus the day shift, you know, there's that, that crossover, which turns out to be a problem the next morning because Dreyfus wakes up. And the sun's up. Yeah, there, he has a nightmare just before that, where he he has a nightmare of Grimes oh. and and his cousin yeah. coming through, and then Grimes, uh, I think Maria looks at Grimes like like kind of like, hey, what's up, man? I haven't seen you in a while, and he just like shoots Dreyfus in the face, and then Dreyfus wakes up, and then Maria's about to give him some fucking morning sex, which would be fantastic. Yeah. She like you actually see her like reach him down and his fucking I know. his Dreyfus d- d- dingus and. Yeah, <laughs> his double D yeah. is Dreyfus Dingus. Yeah, <laughs> Dreyfus Dingus. And uh, yeah. but then he realizes, holy shit, I'm here in the morning, and uh, uh, there's definitely cameras and shit fucking on this house. Right. I need to get the fuck out of here. So then he does his Mrs. Doubtfire impersonation. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Because he dresses up like some woman in some weird hat, and that oh, God to get out of there. I. That still cracks me up. And I'm going to tell you something. This goes back to the 80s versus now. If you just had mad, passionate sex with somebody, jumped out of bed, flipped out, and had to wear a disguise to leave the building, that shit is not going to fly. <laughs> there is That chick is not calling you back. No, that's why it, it, it honestly is unbelievable how much she really likes Dreyfus throughout this movie. I'm like, he is being the most suspicious, fucking random, like kind of oddball motherfucker I've ever seen. Like he's doing all the he's doing all the Dreyfus shit, like where he's trying to make shit up. He's like, he's just like malfunctioning and shit, and somehow she just can't get enough of that double D. Well, I no, I think you know what, and when we get to the very end. I'm going to prove this point, but at this moment is when I realized 
I think there's something really wrong with her as far as like PTSD. She's like <laughs> possessive, Scott, you know, kind of like that, you know, clinger stage five yes. kind of thing. And, and the very end of the movie proves that. You're one, right. We'll get that. I know. I can't wait to that. And so then, yeah, this huge chase ensues because. Uh, Wonder Years and Whitaker see him run out, and they're like, oh, we see a guy. He's wearing a pink hat. This could be Montgomery. Let's go chase after him. And all of a sudden, like, fucking bunch of cop patrol guys come through, and he's, like, able to dodge him really well. He's actually pretty fast for a little dude. Jumping fences and shit. He runs into a German shepherd who actually is barking at him, but he looks really sweet. I always laugh uh-huh. at that. If you look at these dogs that are trained to like bark and shit, you're like, they look so oh, cute. They're not, they're not even really being that mean. Yeah. I've been chased after a dog that's really trying to fucking kill me, and it does not look like that. Oh, you can tell the difference between a dog oh, that's dude. out for blood and a dog that's like, hey, come play with exactly. me. Yeah, you can tell. And he's just bobbing and weaving, just getting through in the neighborhood. If I were him, I would have just taken, I would have gotten away, came out of someone's like, you know, backyard or something with without the hat or nothing, and been like, oh, I saw him go that way, and and then be like, well, why are you here? And I'm like, well, I'm, I, you know, we've been out here on a stakeout. I, I've been fucking the maid over here at this house. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said anybody but her. <laughs> yeah, I'm, def- I'm definitely not fucking that chick over there. Like, yeah, no, no, that's yeah, yeah, that's obviously yeah. something that we should not be doing. But I am fucking uh, fucking Maria Conchita over here. You know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm I'm screwing some other chick who's not really Mexican, but we're gonna see. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. And so he falls off this like I don't know greenhouse thing, and then fucking Estevez comes in just in time, gets him into the oh, saber. And they fucking take off. And Estevez, <laughs> it's a lesabre, I think. It is. It is. It's a and then Estevez says, uh, did we uh, practice safe sex? <laughs> <laughs> and Dreyfus kind of makes his face like, dude, they're, they're, I knew my dick was itching a little bit more this morning than usual. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I think we would have taken one for the team. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. After the finger, the finger <laughs> play. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh. I, I don't I don't know if anyone's gonna ever do I don't think is that a thing now I guess so maybe I, I you know I gotta be honest I I don't know I I've been out of service <laughs> for a long time so I'm just I'm just gonna say that I would like to believe it's kind of like you know I've never seen an alien but I'd like to believe so um, <laughs> I'd like to believe <laughs> I like to believe the truth is out there and I'd like to believe and I don't know but yeah no I just for a movie and I think that was what was interesting because there was times in this movie where there just really wasn't much. Oh yeah, and and then all of a sudden something really started up, and you were like, "Oh, oh, okay, you have my attention." And like it was kind of the same thing in the middle with her, their romance. It was hot, and then there was some weird shit going on, and then it got really hot, and then some weird shit going on. So it kept you engaged enough to get you through the almost two hours. But in the grand scheme of things, it was like you could have easily went off the edge. And I think that finally they were like. Look, guys, we're halfway through filming this thing. We looked at the dailies, and we're going to do something to mix this up. And she's like, hold my beer. I got this. And if you want to stay hard and get really turned on, stay tuned for this special promotion of this other podcast. (laughs) Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Abigail. We're sisters. And we believe in ghosts. Welcome to Supernatural Sisters, a podcast all about ghostly encounters 
bone-chilling monsters, and basically anything that goes bump in the night. Each week, we talk about a haunted place, a legendary monster, or a story that sends shivers down our spine. And maybe we'll talk about the pottery scene from Ghost. He's not a ghost in that scene. There are other parts of that movie where he's a ghost. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And remember, we, we believe, believe you. you. This episode's getting, yeah, you're going to have to put a rating on this son of a bitch. Okay, so um, where were we? Uh, well, Estevez, well, honestly, one of my favorite scenes is where they're all listening in on hearing the replay of the phone call. <laughs> it is so fucking funny. <laughs> well, and then, and the, well, that's funny. And then they go, oh, and we have video of the guy <laughs> leaving the building, and Dreyfus looks straight down at the ground. It was Oh, God, and Estevez is just staring at him like, you stupid asshole you son of a bitch oh i know oh he was man and then they get back uh was... they get back with grimes and his cousin and they end up getting chased yeah. by cops we get a big old chase on like a farm to market road okay or some shit. all right we're gonna talk about this chase. Oh, yeah first of all the worst fucking police blockade <laughs> of all time because all these guys did was go down a hill and like oh fuck, we got away but i want to talk about the cops on the bridge shooting at these guys now these guys are roughly <laughs> about two miles away at some point and they keep cutting back to these cops on the bridge i have a problem with the son of a bitch with a (laughs) shotgun it's two fucking miles away you ain't hitting yeah get a sniper right stop pulling stop pulling the fucking trigger (laughs) there's this cop up there cranking out shells and i'm like oh my god that was definitely like a director that didn't know anything and he was like i just want to i just want i just we need to mix it up we can't all have the same guns more guns, yeah, more it. guns. And I was watching that, and I'm just like, oh. do we have any of those long guns? We need to yeah. work in one of those. I want the boom. I, want the <laughs> I boom. was laughing at the fact that, like, holy shit, they're just like fucking manhunting these motherfuckers. They're just getting ready to <laughs> just kill these dudes. Who gives a shit? And <laughs> well, but they were and they weren't. It was like, like the guy had a sighting of them at a gas station. Nothing. Yeah. That's true. Right. Right, and then these guys, these you know, there was twenty five of them up on a bridge, and he jumps down into a lake and or in a river or whatever, and ends up drowning in the car. Yeah, that's an interesting way to get away. And how the fuck, I we find out that basically Grimes is a fantastic swimmer, like top notch, because oh, sure. this motherfucker gets out of the truck sink, out of the car sinking. His cousin dies; he just leaves his fucking corpse in yeah. there, and he gets out, gets under a bridge. It, the, the, we cut. We cut. We don't know what the fuck happened. We don't know how oh, he yeah. got on land. We don't know how he got away from the cops. Um, and then Dreyfus heads to the stakeout house, and Estevez lets him know that, hey man, we're out of this bitch. You know, they Grimes drove off the road. He's probably either dead or dying. And uh, but they didn't. What right. we find out here that they didn't find Grimes. They just found his cousin. So then Dreyfus mentions that he's uh, just hardcore fucking in love with Maria. Because uh, you know mm-hmm. he's already got. He, he Why wouldn't you be open those curtains? And he, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He opened. Those I curtains. apologize, everybody. I, I respect for women. Honestly, he this show, no, this show no, is about doesn't. respect no, for women. That's a, that's a I, that's a little <laughs> bit from uh, Tom, Mike and Tommy Snacks. I don't know if y'all have ever seen that. For those of y'all who have never heard that podcast, they always say that their show is about respect for women. It just makes me laugh every time. Um, and so that he, <laughs> so then. He asks Estevez, like, hey, um, would you mind just letting her know about everything about me being a cop and I'm not a telephone service technician? And he's like, no, I'm not going to. No. <laughs> I like that little exchange. And so he goes over to Maria 
and she immediately jumps him. You know, she is super yep. in love. You're right, dude. Like, this is all starting to add up oh, yeah. now. And yes. he get it, I mean, she's like Bebe Le Pew, but the opposite. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he gets up and he lets her know, like, no, no, no. Don't touch me. This is my confession. I'm falling in love with you, Maria. Oh. And he lets her know that I'm a detective and I've been staking out this home. I've been staking out the home of an ex-girlfriend of an escaped federal prisoner. And she makes that face like, you fucking bastard. And she grabs his badge and she heads across the street. And, of course, Estevez has the giant camera in his hand, right. the video camera. And she's like, oh, you fucking assholes. And then there's a drawing of her with her. Is it a drawing of her or a photo? And then they have, like, drew, drew like, boobs on her or something. Yeah, it was yeah, <laughs> it was less than tasteful. Like, it was so they, bad. It, it, it was between the day shifters and them, and and yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It looked. It made them look really bad. They looked oh, like frat yeah. boys, basically, just fucking asshole frat boys, for sure. And so she loses her shit. She just throws a bunch of shit and head storms out, and Dreyfus heads after her. And then he. By the way, there's a couple of times in this movie where I question whether Richard Dreyfus is actually a good person. There's a part where he goes into her house. And she and then she comes home while he's in there, and then she goes. He goes under the bed to hide. Oh, and he fucking snoops on her in the shower. Yeah, and honestly considers, I think, possibly confronting her once he's naked. He's like dancing and shit, and he's able to get out of the window just in time. Then in this part later in the movie, she's getting away, and in the middle of the street, manhandles her, grabs her by the shoulders, yeah. and starts shaking her like furiously. And I'm like, oh, it, is this guy good? <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with him? God, this is how this is how I show love by fucking well, shaking you. And I'm, and now it's like, oh, now I get why you're divorced, dude. Fucker. Yeah, dude, like, this guy's no, a I, fucking crazy person. He was, and you know, now that you mentioned that that shower scene, I completely forgot about that because that whole thing was creepy because it wasn't enough for him to see her because she had one of those clear shower curtains. Yes. And it wasn't enough for him to see her showering. He actually waited till she got out and looked at her reflection full on naked in the mirror. That's right. And I'm like, really? Like, you? At what point are you pulling the plug, dude? Yeah, only in the eighties does is is our hero. (laughs) So there's a rule for eighties films. There had to be a naked chick in the shower. Yeah, that is a rule for all eighties films, especially the horror films. That's for sure. No, no, all of them. All of them. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Yeah. There's that. Amanda Hudsacker was in the shower. That's right. Okay. Right. Yep. Um, the scene with um in um, oh, what the hell is the name? Uh, Running Scared. There's a shower scene in there too. Damn. Yeah, that's true. Because it was the she had just got out of the shower and her son come running up to her and she was on the floor with the sheet and um, I'm telling you. They're out there. 80s movies. There's 80s movies. You had to have a shower scene. So, and I blame Hitchcock. Uh, <laughs> he was so but, horny. But you're right. This guy, and then he shakes her in the middle of the street. Yeah, it's it's, and it's crazy. Like, it, but she kind of liked it. You think so? <laughs> well, she stayed with him. Just saying. So she. There's some history. She's still. <laughs> so she she rushes into her apartment and she somehow fucking grime snuck into this fucking place in the middle of all this commotion. 
Well, they weren't watching the house anymore. Yeah, there's a distraction. So I guess it just by circumstance, he happened to arrive at the exact same time that they left mm-hmm. the house across the street and he walked in. And so right away, he's doing that classic, I used to be your boyfriend that was very abusive. So now we're just going to get right back where we were before. You know, right. he's getting mad at her and he's like forcing his self on her and kissing her. And she's obviously very distraught. And yes. Uh, Dreyfus comes up and he's like, holy shit, who the fuck is this guy? There's like this whole back and forth where Grimes is like, because uh, Dreyfus says, oh yeah, I've been dating her and we got into a fight because I broke my parole or whatever. Violated right. his parole. And Grimes is like, oh, oh, you're an ex-con. Huh? Well, do you know this guy? And <laughs> what, what, oh, what prison did you go to? He starts asking him all these questions. And I'm like, what's the point? You're going to fucking kill this guy anyway. Does it really matter? I don't know if he was thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't kill this guy if he has a connection way bigger than mine. Because then I. Well, he but he lowered the gun. So when that last set of questions, when he was asking about the guy, and I don't remember the guy's name. And he said, I used to know him or whatever. Yeah. And then he lowered his gun. Mm hmm. Because he called the guy because he had to make that contact or whatever. That's right. And and that's when Emilio was trying to get over there to help him because he knew he was in deep shit. Yeah, Emilio's like Spider-Man outside the fucking window. Oh, like the worst fucking detective. I thought he was going to go in the basement or something. Like it looked like he was going down, but he went up. Well, right. And you're on this ledge but with the two <laughs> smallest windows in the house. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like... Really? That house has got to have like 50 access points on the ground level, and you're doing this shit up on the wall? <laughs> to do you some, tick turd. Do some random ass fucking superhero shit. Oh my God. He even jumps across to the other house for some fucking reason. I... He got spotted. Yeah, he gets spotted. That's when he got spotted, and he jumped to that other house to get the hell out of there. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> and then he comes down, eventually, SFS comes down, and Dreyfus is outside at the time, but so was Grimes. Right. So then when Dreyfus runs into Estevez, Dreyfus sees Grimes coming toward them. And so he just automatically punches the shit out of Estevez in the face, which is so good. Oh, yeah. He knocks his ass out, which, by the way, is a, such a movie trope. Like, oh, you get punched twice oh, yeah. in the face and you just fall asleep for two minutes. That's not yep. how it goes unless, I don't know, you have some brain damage or something. You've, you've had, like, a lot of concussions in your past, I guess. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it's one thing to be hit by somebody who has like the foot pound strength of like the like Rock, Mike Tyson. Yeah. Well, I was thinking Mike. Oh Tyson yeah, Mike, back in the day. Even now. Well, but back in the day, like when he when he went against Finks that time, and he walked, ac- he literally walked across the mat, hit him in the head, and that was it. Like, yeah, it was like eight seconds or six seconds or oh, something yeah. like that. So, I mean, if you have that kind of hitting power, I guarantee five five Dreyfus is not swinging. Yes, that's true. Yeah. He, no. 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 Yeah. Dreyfus isn't breaking any records at the bar with that little be- that little fucking <laughs> boxing bag thing. No. In fact, it knocks him on his. Yeah. Head. He, he hits it. And he falls down. He's like, "Ow, um, my knuckles." <laughs> <laughs> so they knock. They knock out Estevez and they bring him into the house. And Estevez wakes up on the couch and at first he's like, "What the hell's going on?" But then Dreyfus is like, does his undercover thing and he tries to let Estevez know through context clues that I'm a fucking criminal and you're a cop that was coming after me. You weren't coming at, like he tells Grimes he wasn't oh, yeah. coming after you. He's coming after me because I, you know, violated my parole. This guy's been after me for a while. And right, right. It's right. so funny watching Dreyfus trying to be like this ex-con villain guy. It's so funny. 
Oh, I yeah, know. He's got this little clean mustache. It looks like he's going to go golf. <laughs> it doesn't look, yeah. doesn't look like he's going to go burglarize a bank or do anything oh, important. And uh, he eventually talks Grimes into, he's like, hey, man, like, I have a car. Let's go into my car. I'll get you wherever you need to go. And so they take him. They, they, he goes with them, and they, they bring Maria, and they throw Estevez in the car. They head out to some, some port, right? Yes. Yep. And this is when things finally pop off. We finally get a little oh, yeah. fun, a little fun time action movie stuff. Um, we find out that randomly, I guess that this fucking ginger guy must be one of the most useful criminals in the world because he's the guy that that uh, Grimes is hired to pick him up by boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was weird. Like, I don't know. The connection was bizarre. That felt like a studio. Like suggestion, like oh, you should bring back Ginger oh, yeah. and make him the guy in the boat. It's like, eh, why? What are the odds that he knows Montgomery? Like, I just it's so stupid. It was, it was, but I'm gonna tell you something. His death is something that is so real in the Pacific Northwest and such a creepy thing that every time I see this movie, it really bothers me. Yeah, you know, so, that that is very alien to me. I honestly didn't even know what I was looking at. I was like, what what so is this? So that's called a log jam, okay? And that's so that's a legitimate thing. So they still transport logs by river and they actually store them in little coves all together like that and they just leave them floating, okay? That's a legit that's a thing. That really is. And those logs when they get waterlogged on one half that's why when you go to try to turn it, it will start spinning on itself because it's a weight balance thing and it shifts and it spins. Yeah. So when they separate just for a brief moment, they will come back together naturally and close. So it's actually worse than like um, falling in like ice because when you fall in ice and ice comes back together, you can't find your way out. It, this is worse because you're going to fall in. It isn't like the ice is cracking and you're going to have an option. You're going to slip off that log into the water and there's you're not coming back from that. Yeah, you would have to like be able to you would have to be prepared to suck in all your air in and then move like literally swim underwater all the way until you can get to the end of the log on the on the left or right side, but not everyone can they do are, that. Well, they are hundreds of they are hundreds of feet long. Yeah, you'd be fucked. Yeah, it's like it's like trying to do. You'd have to be like a, a f- Olympic swimmer. Well, that's the thing. Like, you're, if you're Michael Phelps and can do the full length of an Olympic pool holding your breath, you're gonna make it. But for average Joe Schmo, like Ginger Tubby, he ain't making it. <laughs> he he was not making it. But when you see that, like when I watch that, I'm like, oh goddamn, that stunt man. Fuck you! Yeah, that was a legit. Like, mm, no. that was a legit oh. kill. Like a re- very oh. realistic, because you know a lot of these movies, the kills are kind of stupid and ridiculous. No, that is a legit thing, yeah. and I'm going to tell you that when I every time I see it, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> because it's if you it, it's a thing, and when those guys are actually walking on them, they have like specialized shoes and spikes and whatnot to try to help manipulate the logs so they don't fall between them. Because if you fall between them, you're in deep shit. Dude, that's crazy, man. Oh, it was nuts. You know, so no, as far as um, movie kills that you'll see throughout your film thing that you do, that one's pretty spot on. And Andy Dahl never got to meet his uncle. Uh... 
well, it, well, Andy Dalton's first game, he, you know, he that victory, he, you know, gave it to the memory of. To this uncle, day, Andy right? Dalton the, the never the... swims. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He never swims. He use, he doesn't use any wood products. Yeah, he's like fuck wood, fuck the home. water. To, yeah, it's too close to home. He just he's like he, he gets emotional. He's like get that mahogany the fuck away from me. <laughs> So then after all that, because basically that all happens because uh, luckily he sets it up to where he puts Dreyfus and Estevez on their knees and he's planning on killing them. And he tells Maria to get the hell out. And Maria starts distracting him, telling him, like, what are you doing? You can't be killing these guys. And while she's distracting him, Dreyfus gives Estevez the keys to the handcuffs that he's in and he gets them off. That's when we see Redhead coming through with the fucking boat. And then the chaos ensues, you know, Dreyfus punches, uh, I think Dreyfus is the one that punches Grimes, and then uh, Estevez starts fighting with Ginger, and he gets on the boat, and that's when, yeah. eventually they crash into those fucking logs, and that's, Ginger oh, falls yeah. forward, and Estevez holds on just barely, and he goes into the logs, he dies, Estevez is still alive, and then on the other side, where we're actually on the port, they end up going into like a fucking wood. I don't know what this is. Like a wood. It's a it's a, a mill. mill. It's wood a mill. mill. Yeah. And it's it's terrifying. It's like kind oh, of yeah. reminds me of like Nightmare on Elm Street boiler room. Scary because yes. it's just a lot of machines and grinding sounds and yeah. And my lack of understanding of how the fuck a mill works, it just is terrifying to me. I was just like, fuck, it's dark as shit. You can't see nothing. I was like, I'm terrified. It, it, even in full daylight, they're they're extremely scary, and they're because there's a lot of machinery moving really rapidly, and there's a lot of things. That will and it all in. looks very tight, like it's not big, like it's all in a tight little spot. It's like fuck, dude. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. my god! And so th- this is a really cool scene. It's kind of hard to to really paint it for you, but yeah, there's a lot of like kind of cat and mouse between Dreyfus and and Grimes and they go back and forth and eventually Dreyfus actually loses his gun in, in a wood chipper thing or wood, I don't know, a shredder grinder thing and he's able to sneak attack Grimes and knocks his gun out of his hand and they go back and forth and fight for a little bit but then Dreyfus gets his jacket stuck under a giant fucking, well, honestly it looks like it's squashed his entire arm but I guess it's just kind of just under well and that was what was weird because it looked like from the feeder chain for the bringing the log down it looked like his arm was underneath between the feeder chain and that that um it looked like a redwood to be honest with you but it might have been like an, an oak but it had to be anywhere between four to six feet in diameter I mean it was a fucking huge yeah. piece and that's why when I was looking at it, he wasn't screaming. And I'm thinking, if that fucking thing is on his arm, he's screaming. Oh, yeah. Bloody goddamn murder. So then you realize that when he is finally able to get free from it, that it was on his jacket and not his Yeah, arm. it's actually just his jacket's caught in there. Because, you know, those yeah. late 80s, early 90s giant jackets that, that everyone was wearing at the time. Just, you know, it was a hindrance when you're trying to fight someone in a mill. Well, actually, that was a boys' small members only, but it still was huge on. <laughs> it was him. huge on little five five Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was. Yeah, it was. And yeah. he gets out of it, and but he gets out of it. But at the time, Grimes finally gets to his gun, and he tells him something like, "Do you believe in reincarnation?" Maybe one of the worst last. <laughs> well, that was from a line earlier, though, because him and the cousin talked about reincarnation. Really? <laughs> yes. At, earlier in the movie, they talked about reincarnation. So 
so because when they were at the bar, they were talking about reincarnation. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that scene. That's right. Well, that's because it was like four hours earlier in the yeah, movie, and you literally were like, "Fuck, fuck this." I don't... Um, so that's what that's from because that's what he's getting ready to blow Dreyfus away, and that's what okay, happened. okay. And right at that moment, Maria comes through and fucking hits the shit out of it. Well, because she's a psycho. Yeah, dude, we she's fucking like, you are not going to hurt my new fucking my new man. Mine. And she fucking hits him in the face. He gets distracted and he starts attacking her. This gives enough time. I think. Um, I, oh, I think Dreyfus is able to get his gun, and right. he shoots him straight in the chest. And he dies really funny because he's kind of like laughing at the idea that he's actually been, you know, one up. I guess he's like, ha, ha, but ha, this ha, is. Ha. This is kind of the only time through the whole movie, though, that he really creeped me out. Yeah, it's kind of psychotic-y, like, oh, I didn't yes. think I could die because I've been so... He's literally just been doing whatever the fuck he wants um, this whole time. Yeah, It was really... When his death was kind of like, okay, you're creeping me out a yeah. bit. And then he finally keeled over. But yeah, 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 for sure. And, you know, he's he's really good. Uh, this guy's been in a bunch... Of, I think he was like Legends of the Fall. He's been in a couple of other things. Um Aiden Quinn is his name. Yes. But yeah, he's been in some other... He's like that guy, like, you're like, oh, I've seen him in something. <laughs> but you're like, I'm not 100% sure what. Did you ever see the television series Project Greenlight? Project Green... No, I didn't. With Aflac and um, Matt Damon. It was an S-series on HBO. Oh. The very first movie they did, he was the actor for that movie that they did for Project Greenlight. Mm. And I think it ruined his career. Oh, um, was it that bad? <laughs> Oh, my God. Because I have not seen him in a while. So Project Greenlight's basis is that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon want to prove that everybody can do goodwill hunting. Oh. And they've had like four or five seasons of it, and every movie that's come out of it is absolute dog shit. (laughs) Absolute fucking dog shit. So it's really like, it's just funny to me because they're like, no. And then the whole time they're making money because it's like a series on HBO. So they're like, no, we're just giving the new, we're giving somebody a chance to, you know, live their fantasy and none of that. I'm like, fuck you, you're making a ton of money off of somebody's misery because those <laughs> movies are bad. <laughs> Anyways, it's called once, I think it's called Stolen Summer, or One Stolen Summer, or something like that. And Aiden Quinn's in it, and it's just rough. Oh my god, it's terrible. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, so so he dies, he dies, and of course, you know, and of course then. There's the scene where, you know, at the end, they're all on the pier and all course. Estevez is recovering and he tells <laughs> you hit me twice. You fucker. <laughs> he's, like, you hit me twice. Like, he's like, when I'm out of here, I'm going to break both your legs. Yeah. Well, I like how he starts it off because he's like, are you OK? Are you feeling all right? Are you doing well? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. And everything goes good because I'm going to break my fucking leg when I get out of here because you hit me twice, you son of a bitch. Now, of course, he didn't swear at him, but I'm like. You go, boy. Get some. Yeah, you can tell this movie was really trying not to be rated R, but oh, they yeah, they were yeah. Pretty, pretty. But it could have been. It, it would have been honestly oh, funnier if they had just made it rated oh, yeah. R. But I get it. Whatever. Trying to sell some tickets. Yeah. But then we get to the scene oh yeah, here we go. That proves that, proves <laughs> that she's a nut job. Because Dreyfus goes up, and because he's walking up to the car, the chief of police is like, "Hey." They're investigating because they think that somebody was messing with her on the stakeout. And he's like, yeah, I don't know anything about it. And he goes, well, I told him you don't follow the rules anyways. And then he walks off. So it's supposed to be this cute thing where, you know, we know what you did, but nobody gives yeah. a shit. And then he walks up to her and he's like, 
he, you can see he's kind of like not real sure where he stands with her and he's kind of coming up to her all slinky like and everything and he's like uh so thanks for saving my life and she stands up and she looks at him now keep in mind looks down at him <laughs> and she's like you know what that means don't you and he's like mm, no it means you're mine and i'm like uh oh <laughs> red yeah. flag. Red she, well, flag. she says it means you belong to me now. Oh, you belong to me. That's, she says yeah, you I belong really, to really, me now. You belong to me. That's now. terrifying. She, I'm telling you, that chick had some dark shit going on because from day one, when she laid eyes on him and decided that that's what she wanted, oh, he was done. Dude, she is gonna rub that mustache off just with friction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen curtains take mustaches out before. But <laughs> it it can happen, dude. It's gonna happen apparently. Oh yeah, Dreyfus was screwed. She he was done. And they yeah. start making out in front of everybody, and the captain's just like, "Oh god damn it!" And then oh, Dreyfus man. says, "Hey, I'll take you home." And Estevez sees them heading out, and he has the last line of the movie. Do you know what that last line is, Earl? I don't remember right now. What a boner. No, what a boner. Yeah. That's the last line of this movie. What a, yeah, boner. What a boner. Which is the second time, because SFS says it somewhere earlier <laughs> in the movie, where he says, yeah. what a boner. Anyway, so as you all know, I like to do a quick impression of the movies I cover, and this is a segment I like to call Quick Impressions. <clears throat> quick Impressions. Uh, hello? Hi, it's Maria. Oh, hi, hi, what, what's wrong? Did I wake you? No, 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 it's okay. Where are you? I'm at home, and you listen to me, fella. Just because you said you're having a little trouble doesn't mean I'm going to leave you off the hook. Oh, holy shit! I can't talk right now. Are you all right? I have to call you back. What is it? Is it the police? Hello, Bill? Thank you so much. That is Oh, thank you. <laughs> Standing ovation. Standing ovation over here. Thank you very much. Oh, God. So as you know, I like to rate these movies by my favorite mustaches. And just to go through it for y'all listeners that aren't aware, I have the full Fu Manchu recommendation for Fuck Yeah, the Walrus Mustache recommendation for Pretty Damn Good, the Horseshoe Mustache recommendation for Eh, Not Bad, and of course, the Hitler Mustache Burn This Movie in Hell. Earl, what would you give Ooh. this movie? I think I have a feeling where you're going to go. I got to do horseshoe, man. Ooh. I, I got Top tier horseshoe? I, I, How about that? Did it get top tier? Yeah. Top tier horseshoe, but I can't I can't go any higher. There's just two. No, I can't. I want Okay, to, explain yourself. Um, <laughs> well, okay. So, first of all, in terms of the st- the story i mean it's it's a cute comedy it's it's fun it's just that all the work was on Dreyfus through the whole thing yeah. and i think that there was the, when the action was going and when the romance was going hot it was a great movie you could have literally cut out 30 minutes in the middle that mattered nothing and still got the same movie <laughs> yeah you're right no, for You're real. Right. Like, I mean, like the like the guy that came over the apartment, the whole um, um, thing with the brother, 
the brother thing, the there's just so much of it in the center that you could have literally just, you know, even the antics between the days and the night things. Some of it was like like the toilet paper falling out of the ceiling shit and this, that, and the other. The dog and the cat thing. I mean, it was cute, but the reality is that you could have chopped a shit ton out of this film and told the same story. Okay, okay. I will... I gotta give this... I'm, I'm gonna give this a mid-tier walrus mustache, man. I, I Yeah, I, it's not full Fu Manchu for me, but it's certainly a mid-tier walrus because I had a really good time with it. I didn't realize how I, it honestly didn't feel it's weird because yeah there is a lot of like things that maybe don't need to be in there but you know what being on a stakeout isn't really great and it's kind of boring and so you're gonna have to do a bunch of shit that kind of sucks and do hijinks and shit like that and prank people and this movie does it at least it's kind of realistic in the sense of fucking being in a stakeout kind of sucks but you didn't even like the trivia. I didn't like the trivia, but I did like the pranks. I like the toilet paper thing, which we didn't mention, but there's a toilet paper. I think you did. And there's like, there's the poop. There's the dog stuff. I thought like, I felt like the, the younger brother thing was just to kind of, you know, get so that way Dreyfus could get, get her, get her in the bedroom, basically. Dreyfus could have walked in there with shit on his shoe across her carpet. She still, still would have. You're probably that. right, but. I, she was I still had a good time. Like, yeah, even with all that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's a good hangover movie. Like, if I was, like, if I had a long, <laughs> like, probably tomorrow, I'll probably throw this on in the morning while I have a slight headache and I'm just kind of, like, eating a burrito, trying to sober up. I'll throw this on. I'll probably fall asleep for 25 minutes and then I'll yeah. just pop right back in. Movie's good. I'm laughing. Yeah. I get to see a young Forrest Whitaker, small garden Whitaker. And I just have a good time. Wonder Years guy really pulls my heartstrings because he was like one of my TV dads. Good shit, baby. It's a solid mid-tier walrus. I'm sorry. I just feel good about it. It's, it's a mid-tier walrus. <laughs> so, do, you, do, you, do, uh, do you have anything to plug for the show, Earl? Um, You know, you can find uh, my uh, – I'm on all the social media platforms. You can find me anywhere at uh, the Edited for Content podcast. Um, um, Check in. I'm always looking for new people to hang out with. Um, The only thing I want to plug is um, this wonderful time I've had with you and how great this has been. And (laughs) um, you are welcome on my show anytime, and we will talk about – um, we'll talk about curtains. We'll talk about. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about anything. Yeah, you want, dude. Right? Uh, we'll we'll go back and forth. We'll find a topic that I'm very familiar with, and because I've always been one of those that knows a little bit about a lot of things, but I've never been one to be super into anything. But maybe we'll find a little something we can touch on and um, and have a good time, dude. I think we'd have a really good time. Absolutely, absolutely. Earl, thank you so much for joining the podcast deal tonight. Fantastic job for a first timer. Loved it. Mucho gracias, my friend. You were that was great. That was so fun. Um, thanks for having Hi, me. Hi, Papi, and thank you so much <laughs> to the listeners. Until <laughs> next, Papi. <laughs> Pop, Papi, that means. Uh, yes, like, uh, do, do you remember that in um, oh, what was it? Um, Bad Boys Two, where he's at his therapist, and he, she's like, "Hi, Papi," and he goes, "Papi, that's Daddy." Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a cultural thing. It's a, it's a it's a form of that you're just doing a good job. <laughs> I love it. I'll take it. Until next All time, right. listeners. I'll check y'all later. Bye.